0: welcome to the do better podcast with your coach and host me stevie potter helping you to go from feeling like a smashed packet of custard creams to being a superhuman to find out where you are right now on the spectrum go to our show notes and visit the superhuman scorecard and start changing your life today hello welcome to another coaching episode here on the do better podcast how has your week been um i've been doing some racing since i last spoke to you which uh, as you will have seen from my lovely heartfelt valentine's post is the number one love of my life which i've only started to realize now we haven't actually been able to do so much of it but um isn't that the way things go that you miss them when you don't have them bit like health really um, and your physique Uh, you miss them when you don't have them and you only start to appreciate how much you had when they kind of leave you so um, which segues nicely uh, into me talking about health and fitness I suppose so we'll get stuck in Um, this week I wanted to talk to you about something that kind of it's a bit of a ranty one I have to say Um, so as a dentist One of the things that crops up in conversation, and I have to say crops up in conversation a lot more than it ever used to, um, but it's always been around. It's something that I've always kind of thought about and discussed with people, is people's lack of um, enthusiasm to, to use fluoride. And it seems that the kind of population is split into two camps. And it's not really a Marmite relationship. There's not people that love it and hate it. Dentists, obviously we love fluoride. Fluoride is a mineral that naturally exists and we know that we can use fluoride to help prevent dental decay, to help treat very early decay and to inhibit bacteria in the mouth that cause decay. It's a very useful element to us because we can use it in high doses on very high risk children. We can use it in everyday toothpaste and most of us use kind of off the shelf toothpaste with fluoride in them but amongst the general population you've got people who use the general kind of toothpaste available to everybody which historically have always contained fluoride um since we realized what good this could do and since we realized how we could actually get it into a useful formulation but we've also got another camp of people and they are strongly against fluoride now you might be in that camp yourself um so people who believe that there are ill health effects from fluoride um, and have decided that they they don't want to use it now this is not a podcast about whether you should be for or against fluoride obviously in my opinion I think it's very good for your teeth Um, it's something that you're going to spit out so it's a topical formulation so toxicity isn't really an issue unless you're going to be eating tubes of toothpaste and I kind of look at it a little bit like salt if you enough sodium chloride the chemical formula for salt then eventually it would kill you and fluoride is pretty much the same. Um, we also, people are very confused about water fluoridation, but actually, there are only a few select areas that are um, artificially fluoridated. And we also see populations that have a lot of fluoride naturally in the water who have teeth that are very resistant to dental decay um, but still don't see ill health effects because it's still not high enough to actually give them any problems. But like I say, this is not about being for or against fluoride and I completely understand that some people have a personal choice not to do that and they have their own reasons for that. Uh, Whether I agree with that or not is a a conversation for another day perhaps. (laughs) But a lot of people come in And they're kind of battling with this. And and now I think more and more we're starting to see more um, toothpastes available with a lack of fluoride in them. And They're all telling everybody how natural they are. And that's what this podcast is about. Because one of the conversations that I tend to have when we talk about fluoride toothpaste, people often say to me is, well, I'm not using a fluoride toothpaste because I wanted to find a natural toothpaste. And I say natural in inverted commas. I had somebody in the other day and they said, you know, they were trying to parent little Johnny and they said, I want little Johnny to have, to be exposed to as few chemicals as possible. So I've gone for a natural toothpaste because I just thought that was the right thing to do. And um, it's a difficult conversation because how do I turn around and say, well, actually chemicals are not necessarily bad for us. And there is a lot of good things that chemicals have done for us. But also (laughs) what is a chemical? And it's really difficult because what I want to talk about in this episode is the use of the word natural and how the word natural has kind of been banded about in marketing and has actually ruined our perspective. Now, for me... I always see people, and it's, it's really frustrating for me to see people taking a very single-minded black and white approach to their health towards their lifestyle. And that's why we see kind of fashions, fads, trends. We've talked about some of the fashions, fads, and trends in the diet industry over the diet special, um, the keto, the veganism, and um, the paleo diet. Those are very much fashions and fads which people have come across because they've taken... And they've skimmed off the headlines from the top of that and not really looked into the science and not really been able to formulate a balanced opinion. And that's really important because everything is going to have a good side. Everything's going to have a bad side. There's going to be positive and negative effects to every single choice and decision that you make. Now, for me, deciding that you're going to live as natural lifestyle as possible you know, that's great because there are lots of good things that we can take from nature. And if we're talking about food and we're talking about having food as close to its natural source as possible, so having an apple off the tree rather than having a, a processed dried fruit snack, um, having meat that's recognisable, including eating nose to tail, so eating offal and things like that, as opposed to having a highly processed hot dog, for example, it's always gonna be the better choice to choose the more naturally formed um, type of food. But what we have to remember is that every single thing we put in our bodies, even down to that apple that we pick straight off the tree, is essentially just made up of chemicals. Because all a chemical is, is something, it's a word that we use to describe a collection of elements that's been put together... And a chemical is what we use to describe that kind of compound of elements. So if we think about the periodic table, that describes all of the elements. So all of the things that we can't form from other things in the world. Um, Carbon, oxygen, hydrogen, those kind of things. We can't form them from anything else and when we kind of glue them together with different elements we can make different things so it's a bit like having flour in your cupboard and having eggs you know you can do things with those you can mix them together to make cake you can mix them to make a pancake you could use the flour to make bread when you mix it with water so if you mix all those different ingredients together you can get different results in when you process them in different ways and nature does that for us to a certain extent as well so you know the meat that you eat if you're a meat eater is simply a collection of chemicals which has been formed by an animal eating vegetation or other animals depending on what it is that you're eating um, which have then been used as building blocks to create muscle fibres which are then what you're going to eat in in terms of meat. So it's important to understand that when we say oh I want to avoid chemicals that's kind of a stupid statement because you can't avoid chemicals. Now, obviously, what people really mean is they want to avoid artificially produced chemicals. They want to avoid things that are man-made. And again, there's kind of a very a very difficult topic to, to kind of get through. Because when we actually look at that, it's impossible to do, pretty much. And also that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. So there are lots of things that um, we do to chemicals or or artificial ways in which we process things like food, which can actually be really beneficial to us. So for example, um, buying a tin of chopped tomatoes And that can be a really good way, uh, canning process or or even freezing um, fruits and vegetables can be a really good way of um, keeping certain nutrients in. So we always think about vitamin C being degraded, but there are loads of other things um, in these ingredients. Um, So, for example, when we cook a tomato, we get more lycopene and things like that out of it. So there are lots of ingredients that we're actually going to potentiate when we process foods. Um, Frozen foods are going to preserve way more of their nutrients than actually sometimes when we buy fresh versions of those uh, produce. Because if that produce has got to travel a long way, it's going to degrade over that journey. So if we're buying it frozen, it's potentially going to have more nutrients inside it than if we buy it fresh. So processing in that sense, because that's what processing is, um, altering the chemical structure as well or preserving a chemical structure can be really good. And when people are talking about um, eating things more naturally um, with less chemicals in, they're presumably, presumably, and I have to only presume, um, that they're presumably trying to avoid additives and they're trying to avoid processing. But people often don't think about the processing part. They just think about the raw ingredients. And there's been a big move towards veganism at the moment as well. And one of the other things that came up in the conversation was that little Johnny also wasn't having dairy, wasn't having cow's milk. Not a problem. But that's been replaced with oat milk. And it's been replaced with snack bars. You know, the snack bars are labelled as natural. So surely they're better for him. The oat milk didn't come from a cow. We don't want him to eat dairy because we've heard there's lots of growth factors and nasty things in it. So we're giving him oat milk. So that must be better. And It's very hard because I have to sit there and say, well, think about the processing of that product. Think about the work that went in to get that oat milk because, you know, an oat is not producing any milk. It's not lactating as far as I'm aware. (laughs) You don't milk an oat. So what's gone on to actually get um, some sort of plant-based milk out of that, a milk substitute? There's obviously been a high degree of processing to that oat to get it to a product that to you is a satisfying replacement for milk. And is there any goodness in it? Well, it's fortified. It's gonna be fortified with vitamins and iron. Well, essentially, if it's fortified with iron, it's gonna be fortified with what is pretty much iron filings on a very uh, basic level. So it's gonna have chemicals added to it. So why is it that we are fooled into thinking that that's more natural? Well, because the term natural, particularly in the food industry, in the cosmetics industry, is completely unregulated. Anyone can stick a label on there and say, well, it's natural ingredients and argue that because it comes from plants, it's completely natural. And unfortunately for us, that means we assume that it's better for us. And it's just not the case. And... It's important to have some perspective as well. It's important to understand that some chemicals are actually going to be of benefit. So, for example, a toothpaste is a chemical formulation. But it's pretty much impossible in this day and age to avoid a diet which doesn't cause tooth decay. It is possible, but most of us are not very good at it because it involves reducing massively the frequency... um, for which we're taking food and drinks. For somebody like me, that's quite a challenge because I'm training twice a day, so I'm training at high intensity. I have to fit in meals, food, snacks around my training. For the average person, it might be a little bit easier. And that's where we kind of say, actually sticking to two or three meals a day um, is probably gonna be better for your guts and it's gonna be better for your teeth. And I always say to people, the teeth are the first part of the digestive tract and usually what's good for them is gonna be good for the rest of your guts, usually. So... There is a kind of argument that we would need to cut down on frequency, but also, you know, you're going to consume carbohydrate. And in this day and age, again, it's really difficult to avoid processed carbohydrate that's going to stick in your teeth, that's going to be metabolized by the bacteria in your mouth and potentially cause tooth decay. Fluoride is a really easy way to protect yourself against that. Bear in mind as well, we're all living for a lot longer. So our teeth have got to last a lot longer. They've also got to put up with a lot more challenges from us. So You know, if you were only living to 40 years as a caveman and you suddenly doubled your life expectancy to 80 years, your teeth are only designed to last 40 years. So you're going to have to work a lot harder to keep them here. And like I say, a really good way of doing that is topical fluoride that you're going to spit out because you're not consuming it. So, in that respect, you know, obviously I'm for fluoride in the toothpaste. But I kind of want to say, well, you know, you're trying to avoid chemicals, but you're drinking this product, which has loads of chemicals added. And what about the snack bars? It might not have any additives in inverted commas. Um, If we look at the list of ingredients, they might look very friendly and inert. You know, they might say natural flavourings. There might not be any E numbers listed. But we also have to remember that E numbers are not necessarily chemicals. So e-numbers are just names for flavorings so they are just ways that it makes easier for um, companies to talk about what flavorings are in their foods but instead of doing that we're now just got rid of the e-numbers and of just giving the long names of the flavorings and somehow we think that's better and the real point is that actually consumers just don't understand food labeling we don't understand what an e-number is we don't understand what a flavoring is The other thing is that there is no um, regard given on food products. There's no... There's no reason, there's no necessity for them to tell us how the food was processed. So how did your nice snack bar go from being fruits and, you know, naturally occurring plant honeys or syrups or whatever crazy sugar substitute it is that we're all having now? How did that get smushed together in the brick that you call a snack bar? Because it certainly didn't grow off the tree like that. So when it's labelled as natural, I kind of laugh at that because I've never seen a tree growing snack bars before. And that's something we have to think about, is that the ingredients might look innocuous, but how they're pushed together and how they're smushed together is essentially a chemical reaction. And processes have to happen to make those chemical reactions happen. So when we talk about, oh, I want to live a more natural lifestyle, I want to avoid chemicals, it's really important that actually we understand what we're saying and we we have some perspective. And don't just say, well, if something's labelled as natural, it must be better for me, because that just isn't the case. And we have to be a little bit more savvy about what we're reading on packets and what companies are actually telling us, because it is down to you. And the other thing to be mindful of is just because a list of ingredients is, you know, possibly something that you recognise. If that product isn't something you recognise, then how did those ingredients get to be in that that place? And the answer is that they were processed and they, went, they underwent some kind of chemical change. And so when we say about living naturally, we're still going to consume chemicals because that's all chemicals are, is just, like I say, a collection of elements, a collection of different ingredients that we're consuming but what's far more important is yes to some degree we want to avoid the kind of artificial chemicals that are added but that means really thinking about actual what natural foods are they are things that are closer to the source they are things that we recognize because although other things might label themselves as natural and although they might have uh, a low degree of additives on their labeling when they say things like they're fortified, they have fiber added, they have protein added. Just because these are shouting at you that they have great additives, it doesn't make them good. Um, And it's really important to be aware of that. So... Just a little bit of a rant, really, because I just wanted everyone to stop and think about what the term natural actually means. And if you're somebody that thinks, I want to live a more natural lifestyle, I want to get away from chemicals, think about what that actually means. What you're trying to say, probably what you're trying to articulate is actually, I want to be healthier and I recognise that the way to be healthier is to eat things that are less processed. So that's what you're trying to do. And that means not being duped by food companies. It means not being duped by packets. It means thinking if it's in a packet, then it's already undergone some level of processing. And the best thing you can do is make up the majority, the vast majority of your diet from foods that are unprocessed. Fresh fruits, vegetables, grains, legumes, peas, beans, that sort of thing. Um, If you're a meat eater, meat that you recognise, eating nose to tail as well to get a variety of different nutrients into yourself, dairy products that are less processed, you know, milk potentially better than cheese. But equally, the cheese is probably going to be better than a snack bar on the shelf that has to tell you in big letters that it's got added fibre, it's high in protein, and it's a natural source of something. Um, I've always said if something's trying to shout at you and tell you something about itself on the shelf, then it probably isn't worth the hype because an apple doesn't need to tell you how healthy it is. You already know, you already recognize it. So be cautious, be aware, um, think about what you're doing. Obviously, nobody's saying that you can't enjoy processed food. And like I've said, a degree of processing can sometimes be really beneficial to us. So again, it's important not to have this black and white view that everything processed is bad, that everything chemical is bad, that everything natural is good, that everything fresh is good. It's really important not to be that black and white. So be aware, think about um, looking at the back of your food packets and looking at the ingredients, but also thinking if it's a very long list of ingredients and I don't recognize the product, then it isn't necessarily natural and the label that's on it probably isn't accurate. Like I say, a lot of these terms are unregulated. And it's up to us to be the boss and it's up to us to be the discerning customer and vote with your feet and your body's going to thank you for it longer term because a lot of these kind of random additives, even natural things like natural, in in inverted commas, natural additives like stevia as a sweetener, as a substitute for sugar, is that going to be better for you than sugar? The answer is we just don't know because we don't know what the long-term health benefits or effects are or the negatives of some of these additives. Um, So although they might be considered safe, I just don't think there's enough long-term data for us to say, well, you know, they're gonna be good for us in inverted commas. We can't say that, we can't say they're beneficial. So be aware of what's in your food, but more importantly, be aware of the degree of processing. don't ban yourself from anything. We also know that I don't believe in any good or bad foods. Um, I believe that everything has a consequence and it's up to you to acknowledge that consequence of whatever that that food is that you've eaten. Acknowledge the consequence it's going to have on your body. Um, You know, decide how you're trying to use food. But like I say, more importantly, be aware, be aware of what you're putting in your mouth. Be aware of what you're fighting for. If you want to have a more natural and inverted commas diet, that doesn't mean cutting out anything that's not vegan um and that you know is is not in inverted commas chemical because that just doesn't make any sense as a sentence um in the meantime, we are a couple of weeks away from Lard Loss Clinic and I will be talking a little bit more about um, natural food choices and how that can help you with weight management and body composition changes. Um, I have sent out some emails today to my newsletter followers. So if you are not subscribed to the newsletter, um, there is a link on Instagram. I think there's also a link in the show notes. So get signed up for that as well. Um, Lard Loss Clinic is going to be an honest look at weight loss because quite frankly I'm sick of Weight Watchers, Slimming World and everybody else um, that's been a little bit namby-pamby and not telling you the truth which is you need to knuckle down and do some hard work. It's not easy and you need to be aware of what's going in your mouth. Um, There are lots of things that you can do to help you manage your weight, to help you lose the excess um, flab that you need to but what you actually need is somebody that's going to hold you accountable. accountable. So what I'm doing is, um, particularly for those people that are a little bit all or nothing, this is really going to work for you because we're going to do three two-week sprints. So we're looking at changes two weeks at a time. Um, there's going to be online learning that you can do yourself. So little bite-sized chunks, which is going to teach you how to build your own meals to make sure you're getting all the right goodness out of them and balancing all the calories. It's going to tell you how to work out your own energy balance and how many calories you need. It's going to tell you how to track and plan your days and your weeks. So basically it's going to take all of the thought and the autonomy out of it for you because all you're going to need to do is follow that step-by-step guide. And I've spread it out over six weeks so it's really manageable chunks um you're going to be able to break it up and just do a little bit every single day if you want to or you can knuckle straight on and get everything done at the beginning of the two week start put those actions into plan um uh sorry put those plans into action and then um head straight over to the the next fortnight be ready for the next lessons as well so um it's going to be a really worthwhile exercise and there are a lot of you out there who could benefit from this um if you want to get signed up um applications are going to close on monday the just looking at the calendar now uh monday the 28th of february so that's next monday at 6 p.m that is going to be the last opportunity for you to get your registration in is over the next seven days and um, we will then be starting on the 7th so it just gives us a week to get everybody registered and enrolled um, so you need to get registered now for that um, there is a link in the show notes to sign up for that but we do have limited spaces so if you do leave it to the last minute don't be surprised if you don't get a spot um i've already had a lot of interest in that and i am going to have to cap it at some point um it is also never going to be this cheap and this easy for you to see proven results in your weight management strategy it's just never going to be like this again this is the first time i'm running the program um I may well run it again in the future, but it's never going to be this cheap and easy because quite frankly, it works. Um, So get signed up for that. The link is in the show notes. And in the meantime, have a great week and I will speak to you all very soon. Thanks for listening to the Do Better podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. You can connect with me and learn more about how you can become a happier, healthier, and more successful superhuman by contacting me at steviepotter at thewonderclinic.co.uk, following Stevie's Wonder Clinic on Instagram, and heading to our website, thewonderclinic.co.uk. And you can get started on your journey today by completing the superhuman scorecard via the link in the show notes. I hope to see you all soon.